guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Wonderful Arsenio ZSL Podcast. Today is another super special. I am so grateful to be bringing this to you again. Another wonderful TOEFL listening segment that I am bringing you. And man, you guys already know, again, if you guys want the membership and these videos in its entirety, I do believe at some point I will put... Um, together a package course for TOEFL listening, uh, and the breakdowns of these types of videos. Uh, and I might just, and I might start selling off the courses instead of just having the long, big membership, I'm going to have these little package courses, right? And so if you're interested and you know, uh, you know, like something specific, like you're, you're able to just go through, you know, the videos and understand how to do TOEFL listening and you can practice from there. More than likely, this will be broken down, and I will put this onto a course coming up real soon, maybe in the next couple of uh, months or so. So again, make sure you follow me on ESL Podcast page. This is only half of what you get. So if you want the entire segment, you make sure that you go on to my uh, wonderful membership or you just inquire about these little short snippets that you've been enjoying over the last uh, several Fridays. So in saying that, I'm going to stop there and let's dive in. Further inland, they likely traded for it and used it to create the sharpest tools of the Stone Age. Okay, of Stone Age. Okay, relatively fast. All right. And so what we have here. What is this? Well, first and foremost, I got it wrong. Not Native American. Oops. Okay, shoot me. But nonetheless, it is in modern day Turkey. 9,000 years ago, referred to as the Neolithic period. Okay. Uh, and again, existed for thousands of years. I put they had between eight to 10,000 people, large settlements of the time. This was referred to as the Stone Age. There were no metals, but everything was, well, everything was built and accomplished using stone tools and wood. Okay, organic materials, but not any kind. It was in regards to obsidian, right? They're not like other rocks. Okay, it comes from volcanic black storm is what I wrote down comparable to glass came from central Turkey and likely traded for it. Okay, sharpest tools of Stone Age too. So what can be inferred? So let's see what the question is. It says here, what is it that the professor is implying about the tools that the inhabitants of shout Chateau Huliac utilized, okay? Now they do come from organic materials, stone tools, woods, that's how it was built, okay? And they likely traded for it and it was the sharpest tools of the Stone Age. So with A, it says they were created using stone from Chateau Huliac. Ooh, that's a hard one, that's a hard one. Okay, let's just keep that in mind. Did they come directly from, did it come directly from Chateau Huliac? That's something you have to, Think about B, they were some of the sharpest tools at that time. Here, the sharpest tools of the Stone Age. That is a phenomenal answer. We're going to continue. C, they were frequently part of religious rituals. We did not hear the word religious ritual. And then D, one of their primary uses was for agriculture. Honestly, I don't even, I'd even write down agriculture. So uh, I'm probably going to take that out too. So we have A and B. So now let's just break it down using the three step process. Now, what are we going to do? Obviously, what we have here, reviewing your notes, the keywords, the main idea, okay, tools, inhabitants of Chateau Huyak, okay? Now, obviously, what happens here and what I had written down, check this out. If we look at this, obsidian, right? It introduces the topic of tools and the material obsidian from which they were made. Once you hear the keyword tools, listen for the essential information is what you're going to have to do. 
We learned during the audio, of course, that obsidian is very strong compared to comparable to glass, as you see to my right and as I've written down to the left. And for this reason, the inhabitants of Chateau Huliac could make the sharpest tools of the Stone Age, with, which is literally two lines below that, as you see to my right in the Word document over here. Okay, so hence the X or hence X. Well, you know what? I actually put X for whatever reason, but. Going back up to this, this is why this one, they were some of the sharpest tools at the time, is the correct answer. Now, let's break everything else done, down, okay? Now, obviously, using logic, I put some stuff on there from the audio. Uh, I broke down a couple of other things, and I want to just point out why A is wrong. Now, obviously, there is C, there is D, but I want to look at A because I quickly eliminated C because obviously there was no re reference to religious rituals within the audio. Get that the hell out of here. Now, obviously, they, uh, what is it? Largest settlements of the time. There was nothing relatable to agriculture, you know? And again, if uh, this, you know, it, well, again, I think it, said, it wrote down here, agriculture is heard often in the recording. Okay, so that was one of the distractors. But the thing is, I didn't write that down. Maybe I have selective hearing, but I did not write that down. Okay, but again, uh, there's no reference to the tools being used for agriculture. So that's another reason why I would eliminate D. But A is the one I really want to check out because it says, even though the tools were made from a type of stone, there was no reference that the stone was from Chateau Huliac. What can be inferred? It was not from there. This is why, ooh, but then again, I didn't hear that. So I said, I don't really like it, okay? So there it is. We all know that it came from Central Turkey, right? And you see right here, and I'm going to hurry up and highlight on the right side of my page, came from Central Turkey. See what I mean? So comparable, comparable, or I'm uh, sorry, comparable to glass, obviously still referencing obsidian, and then it goes straight into came from Central Turkey. There's no reference to Chateau Huliac. Get what I mean? So in saying that, what we're going to do, you could, again, read a lot of this, obviously, uh, on the membership, which I've done. That is for you to do, okay? And now we're going to get into spectroscopy, all right? So let's hurry up and break this one down, and then you guys are going to have the last one to do by yourself. So here we go. Three, two, and one, people. You might it's not know play. this, but go. astronomy wouldn't have evolved into the science that it is today without the development of spectroscopy. Essentially, spectroscopy is the study of spectra and spectra lines of light. More specifically, this refers to the light of the stars. This discipline enables us to analyze and study the light that the stars emit. Through the analysis of this light, we're able to determine the distance of stars from the Earth, to identify what they're made of, and establish their chemical composition. Let's take a step back before we delve deeper into that. When passing a beam of sunlight through a crystal prism, a spectrum of light appears, which looks like a rainbow. We refer to this band of rainbow colors that is visible to our human eyes as visible light. It is arguable that the most important kind of spectroscopy is visible light spectroscopy. Can anyone provide the scientific term for visible light? 
I'm sure everyone could because you all completed the reading assigned for today. Optical radiation? But isn't radiation dangerous? Well, yes and no. The element uranium emits radiation that is dangerous. But as a general term, the definition of radiation is anything that is spreading away from its source. Thus, optical radiation is simply visible light energy spreading out, radiating. Going back to our spectrum of a beam of sunlight looking like the colors bleeding into one another without interruption, it looks like a band. Does anyone know what happens if we were to magnify the sunlight spectrum? Perhaps you all didn't read this week's chapter. You'd see what are called spectral lines, which are created from dark lines interrupting the spectrum. If the spectrum of sunlight is magnified even more, there would be more than 100,000 spectral lines. While they might appear to be randomly placed, they actually form several distinct patterns. What is more, the colors would be the exact same if you were to look at the spectrum of another star. However, the patterns would be different because the spectral lines would break at varying spots. A different chemical element is represented by a different pattern, and thus different patterns of spectral lines indicate that the star has a different chemical composition. Hmm. Which spectral pattern pairs with which element? By looking at library of sorts. Through flame tests, a spectroscopic library of elements, so to speak, was formulated. It involves a known element, like iron, being heated in a pure gas flame to the point at which it radiates light. Then the light is passed through a prism, which breaks it up into a spectrum, from which a kind of chemical footprint that matches the element in the form of a unique pattern material. And here's the interruption, people. That's right. I jumped on in here. I scared you. And now we are a finish with this specific one. Again, I just want to say thank you so much for listening into this wonderful, nice little segment. If you guys want the full thing, if you want the full, you know, the, the whole thing, ask me about um, having a TOEFL listening course, okay? And I'm definitely going to put that on my to-do list as soon as possible rather than just having one big, one big bulk of a membership, you know? So in saying that, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll be seeing you guys very soon. I'm your host as always, over and out.